Detroit Beard Collective is a proud sponsor of Creaking Door Paranormal Radio, powered by SlackJohnPunks.com. Guys, tired of trying to make that burly beard of yours look and smell good? Then check this out. Straight out of the Motor City, where they know a thing or two about being tough, comes Detroit Beard Collective, specializing in making that facial hair look good with products like beard butter, beard oils, and soaps, specialty combs, and so much more. Come check out the line today at Detroit DetroitBeardCollective.com. DBC takes pride in using Detroit and Michigan-based companies and ingredients in all aspects of their product development and manufacturing as they continue to build Detroit's premier grooming company. Even burly dudes like to look and smell good, and DBC will make that happen. Do yourself and your badass beard a favor and log on to DetroitBeardCollective.com and check out all the amazing products they offer. And when you're ready to check out, use promo code SG. JPDBC to receive 10% off Detroit Beard Collective. Cleaning this world up one beard at a time. Welcome back inside the Creaking Door Paranormal Radio. It is Tim Ellis and Brad Blair back inside for another edition of Creaking Door. And all I can say, Brad, is thank God. Thank God. We finally started to get some sunshine here in our corner of the world because I am done with this winter. We got it. We got it today. I don't know if I would say we started to get, but it does look like we're on the downhill slide as far as winter goes. We're getting it. We're we're supposed to get a warm up here in uh, in this eastern corner of the upper peninsula of Michigan. But man, oh, man, what a winter. this Keep in mind, warm up for us is 40 degrees. Yeah, exactly. 40 degrees and a little bit of sun and we're at spring. Yeah. So uh, at least I think people started smiling a little bit more around here because this was getting a cranky this was starting to become a cranky corner of the world you here. can only go so far with the snow before you run out of room to put it and that's where we're at yeah i, I don't know how many times the banks have had to be cleared out and uh and and just restocked again with another snowfall anyway exactly so <laughs> i'm not, I'm not gonna get here we are here. hopefully on the uh the downhill slide from winter getting into some spring yes. getting out a little bit more of course we've got a ton of stuff going on so looking forward to really getting 2017 rolling yeah, for sure. We've got a great uh, year lined up for it. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you what, no matter how uh, cranky uh, winter can make us sometimes, it uh, it just feels good to get back here in the studios of Creaking Door. And, yes, it does. And do what we love to do, and that's just talk about the weird, the strange, the paranormal, and all that great stuff. And boy, do we have some wonderful guests lined up for you coming up a little bit later, but we'll talk about them uh, in just a bit. But first, before we do any of that, Brad, let's go ahead and jump into Paranews. All right, my first story tonight coming from Real Screen, and someone who's not exactly Exactly uh, immune or ever shied away from some controversy. Our old friend Zach Baggins. Oh boy, he's back in the news. He uh. is back in the news. Zach Baggins, uh, who most people know of, the executive producer and host of the paranormal series Ghost Adventures, where Baggins and his team explore the world's most haunted locations, should come as no surprise that when the chance came up for Baggins to explore a new angle of infamous cult leader and convicted mass murderer Charles Manson, it was an opportunity. He just could not pass up. Oh, boy. Yeah. New York-based independent production company My Entertainment has announced a high-concept co-production with Zach Baggins Entertainment. The series will follow Jason Freeman, who happens to be Manson's grandson, which I didn't realize Manson had children until I read this, honestly. But I guess it, I'd never followed it. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm with you on that. I, but to tell you the truth, it doesn't surprise me to hear it. No. Considering no. He, cult, cult leader and <laughs> yeah, such. Exactly. So Anyway, his grandson is on a quest 
request to meet the 82-year-old Manson before he dies in prison. The new series will be filmed in several locations, including Freeman's home in Florida, and will feature audio footage between Manson and Freeman recorded from prison. While Manson's life has been widely covered in the media, Baggins believes seeing the story told through Freeman's eyes will offer viewers a perspective they've never seen before. What's more, with both the critical and rating success of documentaries such as Netflix Making a Murderer, ESPN's OJ Made in America, and ABC's Truth and Lies, The Menendez Brothers, consumer appetite for true crime is growing. That's led Baggins to believe his new project will have no problem finding an audience. People are drawn to notorious figures, he tells Real Screen. And Jason's story is particularly gripping because he's had to grow up with the stigma attached to the Manson name. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I I can see this. I can see where this is going to get picked up. It, it, it's they're still trying to get him into the prison that Manson's being held in. Right. And that's that seems to be the big hang up right now with all of this. But I, I have been hearing from different people that a lot of the networks are looking away from the paranormal and more towards serial killers, true crime yeah. right now. Uh, I, I think probably the one notable is TLC all of a sudden is really jumping in both feed into the paranormal, paranormal game, side yeah where everyone else is kind of getting out you know we've got uh, of course kindred spirits with adam and amy mm-hmm. on there uh they just picked up paranormal lockdown with right. nick groff and katrina weedman just got word today that ghost brothers is officially moving to tlc okay yes we'll wait to see how that comes and, out and uh oh, the, the oh, yeah that was kind of my reaction to the other one that i i'm hearing from some of our sources is that they're going to rebrand the guys from ghost asylum the tennessee wraith chasers really and put them in a new show on tlc as well so wow. we're, we're sci-fi and all of these other networks that have embraced the paranormal these last 10 years seem to be moving away it looks like tlc may well be the new home for paranormal television well of course they own destination america they do. which became the paranormal place to go but not on as obviously as a widespread uh, audience as yeah. tlc now see that's they're going the way i was hoping they weren't i love mm-hmm. the fact that they were not a paranormal uh, channel, but right. had one or two on there. Now, yeah, now, now it looks like they're really. I what I'm wondering is, is Destination America still going to be airing these shows? Or are they just getting a double life, right. or are they moving away and trying to take that network in a different direction? Although Destination America is so bogged down in paranormal shows, that's right all now, it is. But it, it looks like TLC is going to start heading that way too now. <sighs> okay. Paranormal Brothers? Is that what it is? Ghost Brothers. Ghost Brothers. Yeah. Brothers we'll just yes. have to wait and see what happens. Uh, but I do agree. I think that uh, this will get picked up. Uh, people are into the whole true crime thing. They love it, of course. Yeah. Devil in the White City. Uh, yeah. Well, going to be coming out, Holmes. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out in movie here. So it's a big, well, it's a big market. With Zach Baggins attached to it with the yeah. Charles Manson name. And Manson, of course, not doing well in prison. And right. that's been getting a lot of press coverage. Somebody's going to pick this up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. My story is going to take us down I-75 right into the Motor City in Detroit, Michigan, where recently a uh, TV news channel allowed an investigative team to come in and investigate their huge building that uh, multiple stations are in. And uh, the organization Detroit Paranormal Investigations was given free reign to explore this massive radio studio and television studios. Serves as the home of several stations, including the iconic WWJ radio. And rather than sensationalize the experience, not that any TV program has ever done that, uh, the group inadvertently provided viewers at home with a refreshing glimpse of what actually happens on a lot of ghost hunts, which is absolutely nothing. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah, they yielded absolutely no signs of paranormal activity. The only moment that even stood out, they said, was when some members of the group heard the sound of a woman crying, but then conceded that it very well could have been a chair down the hallway that kind of made that noise. So, uh, admirably, <laughs> An honest mistake. Yeah, <laughs> admirably, the group expressed little dismay at having not found any ghostly presence in the studio at all, and uh, displayed a more realistic take on the prospects of searching for spirits. And this is why I picked this story because I respect this, and mm-hmm. uh, because more times than not, nine times out of ten, this is what a night yields. Exactly. Um, absolutely nothing. And yeah. um, you can embellish all you want, and obviously sure. the television shows do because they need to get ratings but when it comes right down to it tim and i've been doing this for 20 plus years now there are very few and far between are the incidents that Mm. really 
pique your interest. Well, and, and again, you you know, over 20 years of doing this and maybe a handful of experiences in 20 mm-hmm. plus years. So that, that we would stake our reputations and say we're yeah. legitimate experiences. Absolutely. You you get the uh, the lady crying slash chair being drug across the floor from time to time. <laughs> yep. But we can't come back and say that was obviously a haunting. Yeah, right. It's we we don't work that way. And thank God a lot of teams out there don't. Yeah. So, yeah, kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For putting it across. So yeah. what did you uh, really get into in college? Uh, as far as well, I know, don't want to incriminate uh, myself here. Well, it's a little <laughs> late for that. But, you know, it, when you were looking at extracurriculars, uh, di- different school groups. Uh, well, uh, you and I both went into fraternities. Right. We were mm-hmm. into the social aspect of college yeah. very much so. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it was more of the hunting the elusive 12-ounce can of beer. Right. Yeah. Ver- versus a uh, college-funded Bigfoot hunt. Well, they didn't have that at my university. Yeah, apparently Otherwise, I would have been all over it. They're not going to have this in New Mexico anymore either. A lawmaker in New Mexico has proposed a bill that would make it illegal on the Mexican state books, New Mexican state books, for state-funded colleges to go hunting for mythical creatures. It all started in October when it came to light that the University of North New Mexico, wow, I'm biting it tonight, <laughs> University of New Mexico Gallup <laughs> professor, led an expedition to find Bigfoot. Dr. Christopher Dyer presides over students and faculty at UNM's Gallup campus. While he insisted that the searches for the mythical creature in his own time, an investigation by NBC4's sister station, KRQE out of New Mexico, found that Dr. Dyer had left New Mexico taxpayers on the hook for more than $7,000 in Bigfoot-related expenses, including a two-day on-campus Bigfoot conference. After the conference, Dr. Dyer led a university-funded expedition to find Bigfoot in the Sandia Mountains. When this information came to light, (laughs) New Mexico State General Senator (laughs) George Munoz sponsored a bill that would ban public funds from being spent on looking for or catching a fictitious creature. What? See, they're presuming. Looking for or catching. How are you going to catch a the fictitious fe- yeah, uh, creature? I, I, I think some lawyers would have fun with this before it goes on the books. <laughs> it, it's sad that we have to do this, that UNM doesn't have the ethics to stop this, Senator Munoz said. And now we have to draft a bill to stop something that's not morally right. Munoz also had a little fun with the bill. In addition to Bigfoot, it also bans publicly funded searches for Pokemon, Leprechauns, and the Boogeyman. What a wow, dick. <laughs> Seriously, that's just rude. I mean, first of all, yeah, look, depending on what the, the, the class is, if it's mm-hmm. a... If it's a a science type class and you're out there looking for a possibly unencrypted absolutely mm-hmm. and it depends what the money was spent on um you look at some of the garbage that most universities spend money abs- on waste yes. money on absolutely. obviously the kids were getting into this if they weren't it wouldn't be happening yep. why why we need a television station going in to do an exploration on where this money's going yeah yeah and then I, once again an elected official spending his money and, and his time on something that i, I I got to believe New Mexico has bigger issues than worrying about one professor spending some university money on taking a class out, teaching them about investigating and tracking and whatever. Wouldn't that fall under student life anyway? You would, you would think there was some place that they maybe the funds weren't allocated to the right spot, but who knows? I'll tell you what. I'm with Dr. Dyer on this one. I, I want to buy T-shirts that say we support Dr. Dyer. <laughs> He's our man. <laughs> do, you, do you figure they're out there protesting this one yet? Well, it seems to be the that's thing, the to, thing do to do right do now. now. Just so. protest whatever you want to protest. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. There we go. That is our para news this evening on this opening segment of Creaking Door. Glad to have you along with us as we are just as happy to be back in the studios bringing you another great show and very excited, Brad, about our guests coming in this evening. Yeah. No strangers to the Creaking door third time for uh greg second mm-hmm. time for dana correct as a matter of fact greg is he could he be our leading creaking door enterer <sighs> boy we would have to check that well, i would have to go back and check the records but yeah third time i yeah. don't know that we've had anyone else on for 
We've had a lot of a lot of repeats. Yeah. A- Amy Bruni might have hit us three times. I'm not sure on that. That's a good point. Amy might have three. She stops in from time to time. Yeah. But either way, very happy to have yeah. Greg and Dana Newkirk in, the owners of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. And boy, are these people fun. Oh, they are fun. And uh, they've been uh, very, very busy. 2016 was yes, a uh, breaking year for them. Sounds like 2017 is going to be even bigger. It's off to a hell of a start. Yeah. We're going to find out more about that coming up next. So stick around as coming inside the Creaking Door, Greg and Dana Newkirk up next. This is Creaking Door Paranormal Radio powered by SlackJawPunks.com. That's a drink I can sink my teeth into. (laughs) Get ready to enjoy the most unique cola experience you've ever had with Dead World Zombie Soda. With spine-tingling flavors like Orange Roamer, Goon Bitters, Cherry Cola, Brain Sack, Cream Soda, Grizzly Swill. Great. Twelve different flavors you won't forget from Dead World Zombie Soda. Check them out at DeadWorldZombieSoda.com to find out where you can stock up just in time for the zombie apocalypse. Dead World Zombie Soda. All natural for the unnatural. Don't be afraid to grab a cold one. And welcome back inside the creaking door with Tim Ellis and Brad Blair. Very excited to uh, welcome our guests back into the studio. And Brad, we still got the producers working on it. We don't have the official answer yet. If Greg Newkirk holds the record as the the guy who has entered the most inside the creaking door, but either way, we give him credit for coming back in. And this time again with his wife Dana, Greg and Dana Newkirk. Welcome inside the creaking door. Thank you guys so much for coming on inside. It's good to be the champion. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll find a little plastic trophy, Greg, and we'll send it in the mail, all right? You just pay the postage, we'll send it to you. I'll pick it up at Paracon. How's <laughs> yeah, there that? Yeah, there Perfect. you go. You want to wait till August, we'll have it here waiting for you. But anyways, Greg and Dana, thank you so much for being with us inside the Creaking Door. Of course, uh, proud owners of this uh, big, beautiful baby that has become known as the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. This is really starting to get a life of its own, you guys. Uh, I remember talking about this a couple years with you guys, and now 2016, great year for you guys, 2017, looking bigger already you've got to you've got to be in your glory right now just watching everything just kind of fall into place for you guys we are thrilled with how things are turning out yeah just uh just had a big appearance on mysteries at the museum on the travel channel how, how did that come yeah about? we did how did that end up coming about uh they reached out last year and they saw that we had a piece of the amityville horror house and they were uh trying to do a story on the house and it was just a good way for them to actually tell the story and uh, it was really funny because the original place that we were going to set the museum up, this awesome dungeony basement, it fell through. And so we had to actually set the museum up in our living room. <laughs> so we did a very rare display for the Travel Channel crew here in our living room. And they broadcast our address on national television. <laughs> <laughs> so is that actually the front of your house that they showed on TV? It is. 100%. Fantastic. Have you had any uh, weird visitors since it aired? (laughs) More so than usual? We've had some really weird emails. (laughs) Have you? I think it was like 30 minutes after the episode aired, uh, we got an email from a guy who was like, I I know where your house is. I just want to know what time your hours are. Oh, geez. We were like, oh, no. Sorry, not open to the public unless we're on the road. No, we were just... (laughs) Yeah. We were just talking a little bit off the air on this, Greg, and it's obviously it's television, and they, they cut it up some, but what's when it comes down to the end, and if you haven't seen it yet, go ch- check it out. It's on Mysteries at the Museum. Great show on Travel Channel, but what was your feel 
ruling at, at the end of, of the Amityville case itself? Well, I mean, if, if anyone's seen the episode, they see that they really came down as uh, it was a hoax. That's kind of how they presented it. Right. And I mean, I was a bit disappointed because they, they cut our interview up quite a bit. I told them I, I don't think that it was a 100 percent hoax. I think that it was just something that was exploited for money. I mean, mm-hmm. they made a book out of it and it's got a ton of movies now. Um, but I think that the haunting probably lied more in George and the family itself and not so much the house. And I mean, you know, we have a, a, an artifact from the house that has shown strange uh, paranormal activity. So it wouldn't make sense for me to go on there and say, no, I don't believe it. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, wasn't but, it well, and wasn't it, Greg and Dana, too, that piece of wood, something happened with at, when you guys were on Mackinac Island, not this past fall, but the fall before you were up there for one of Amy Bruni's strange escapes. And wasn't there a picture? Picture that was taken that revolved around that piece of wood. There is a yeah. photograph. Yeah, there was a guest ahead, who took a photo of it. There was a guest who took a photo of the actual plank of wood, and there was a really strange reflection in the the glass. It yeah. looked a little bit like. One of the DeFeo kids. I see, and that, yeah, and I was kind of hoping. I don't even know if you mentioned that uh, at all, Greg, in your interview with him. But I was kind of hoping that might make the show. But again, obviously, if they're trying to slant it as a hoax as opposed to something that could be real, they're not going to run with something like that. Now, what I'm excited about is the fact that uh, you guys will actually get a chance to sit down and speak with Christopher Quarantino, who is uh, one of Lutz. or Lutz, yeah, his, his actual last name, who is one of George's sons or stepsons at Michigan Paracon this year. You guys will actually get a, a chance to sit down, Brad. I have heard his story a couple of times directly from him, and so I'm really looking forward for you guys to get a chance to sit down and chat with him and get his take on it, because where when you say, Greg, that you think it might have been leaning more on George's end... I, I, that really he, ties in. It ties into the way story. he says it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I really do. I really do think that it has more to do with the family. And and it's interesting because he's never actually been near this piece before. So we're both curious. We've talked a little bit online because the last time that we had the piece on display, uh, there was another guy who does a lecture, uh, Jason Gallen, and the piece was on stage with him while he was doing a lecture about Amityville, and the piece actually started to rattle in the case. Oh wow. Hmm while he was talking mm-hmm. about it. So imagine what will happen when uh, Chris is near it. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, seriously. Do you guys have John Tenney lined up at all to do anything with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, how, how badly do we want to destroy the universe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so true. So take us inside. Obviously, uh, the, the TV show took us inside your home. But seriously, take us inside your home. What happens to the museum as you guys travel? Like, um, I know there's one piece that you guys seem to hang out with quite a bit. Billy and uh, he's in quite a few of your Facebook posts but like do you do you have a certain area of the house where you set up the museum when you get home do certain pieces stay uh, packed away what do you guys do with it when you're at home it, re- it really depends, I think, yeah, like on the objects itself. A lot of them tend to be packed away, and we don't keep them out around the the house at all. Um, those ones are tend to be the ones that are a little bit more dangerous than some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Some of some of it we do have, like, for instance, we have a painting who that has a history of throwing itself off a wall, and that one is usually pretty much always out on display in our house. And I know you guys, too, will also set up a, a camera on some of the objects as well at given times. Is that correct? We do. We have a live 24-7 camera that is in our office. Our office is where we keep most of the items. Uh, We've got a couple different shelves in there that are just filled. And we try to change it up like once a week. Um, We actually just uh, got another camera, so people are going to be able to switch between two different objects at the same time. Um, so it's it's kind of a fun way that people can get a peek into the museum if they if they can't visit it. Um, and we change it up every week, so there's there's always something interesting to check out. Nice, very cool. Mm-hmm. We try to do some. Sometimes we try to do online experiments with everything. So it, again, like Greg said, we try to keep everything sort of mixed up and switching it up as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And have you had any new additions to the museum recently? Like very Ooh. recently? <laughs> Anything fun and cool? we can talk about <laughs> we've had some pretty messed up stuff that recently, <laughs> <actually>. well <laughs> do share one, one thing i was gonna say there's one thing in particular that we we had sent to us which is a book 
and we're going to have a little bit more information about it online. Uh, the one thing that I can say is when it was sent to us, the woman asked if we had children or if we were planning on having children. <laughs> wow. Because the book seems to have a history of pulling out women's uh, uteruses. Well, that's fun. The, the book does? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Apparently, it's caused miscarriages. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, multiple. And so you guys now are and, in possession of this book? It is wrapped up very nice and stuck in a box and, <laughs> uh, with all the stuff that we don't lo- like on display. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you actually opened the book and read it? Like, do you know what the book is? Is it like Huck Finn or is yeah. it something that's just bizarre <laughs> occult literature? <laughs> it's an old book about witchcraft from like the 70s. Oh, really? And it's Boy. got lots of different uh, spells in it and things like that covers the Salem trials, and uh, creepily, it looks like there's some blood stains in the back of it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Always good. Yeah, very good. So if you don't have a uterus, you're okay to touch it then? Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> you're good to go. Okay. Good to know. So, Greg, at this point, have you refused to accept any items that have been sent to you for the museum? Has anything just totally freaked you out or been too dangerous or come from a person that might be too dangerous or crazy to want to bring into your home? I mean, usually the the, the fear comes from meeting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, when yeah. we had to go and pick up uh, the Idol of Nightmares or Billy, as we've been calling him, you know, Dana said there is no way we're meeting this guy because, I mean, he was talking about how he was having dreams about killing people and he thought it had to do with I the idol. I think I said it, it's, yeah, we had to meet him in the most public place possible because yeah. he didn't want either of us to get murdered. Middle of Myers <laughs> in the daylight. No. Yeah, I get it. Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. No. So, I, I think But that, there, there isn't anything that we've gotten that has been so you know terrifying that we wouldn't take it. Mm-hmm. But we do have one item that we're going to have to take back. Uh, the, a couple hikers stole it from this cave and it just clearly, most of our stuff I really do believe likes to have a home where it's not going to be messed with and people are trying to understand it this is the one item that just doesn't want to be with anybody no so you're bringing so it we, back because like of the activity like you just don't you you think it needs to be back in the cave i don't think that it 100 percent safe unless it is wow it doesn't want to be with us i don't think it wants to be with anybody it needs to go home Mm, very interesting. That's one thing I love about uh, what you guys do, though, with the the uh, museum, is that you open it up to the public. You really allow us inside with either. If people don't follow you guys on Facebook, they need to. Um, you share stories. You, you put up those cameras. You allow people to see it. But you guys have really taken a, a new step heading into 2017 now with the museum, really allowing the fans to become an intimate part of it, if you will. Let's talk about that. We have just launched uh, for the first time. Uh, a museum membership program and it is something that we've been thinking about for the last few months Uh, people are always asking us how can i help the museum what can i do and people suggest you know do a kickstarter or put a patreon thing or or a paypal thing on the website but we didn't really feel terribly comfortable with that yeah so we put our heads together and thought what can we do that will help the museum that'll help the museum's mission and uh, the people who are helping will get something out of it in return so we started this membership program and uh, people can join i mean it's as little as five bucks a month and they get access to exclusive online events they'll get access to the article files of all the uh, items uh, EVPs, mm-hmm. uh, video evidence, and uh, Dana's actually got a really cool thing that she's been doing. I'll let her talk about that. Uh, I've been doing like a Magic of the Month Club, which is basically a lot of the times when we do events, people will sort of ask how we protect ourselves from the right. objects or are there certain things that we do. And so that was sort of the inspiration behind sort of wanting to come up with this club where I get to send people homemade incense and all sorts of goodies that basically they can use on like a daily basis. Oh, very cool. It's kind of the same stuff that you guys use then as a protection as well, same stuff? A lot of it is, yep, yeah. absolutely. So what will the, the membership monies coming in, what are you guys going to put that towards? We have so many big plans for 2017. <laughs> um, the, the second camera was one of the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've mm-hmm. also got a bunch of equipment that we are actually looking to design. We've been working with some people who want to build us some special equipment, uh, so it'll fund that. It, it funds, you know, smaller things like maintenance on, on the vehicle, uh, 
because we have to drive everywhere because we have so much stuff. Right. I wouldn't imagine and too many airlines would want you to bring this stuff on either if you <laughs> no. tried to fly with it. So they probably appreciate that. I don't think so. I wouldn't want yeah. to be on that plane. <laughs> no. Now, is there a plan? Uh, you know, because I, I just think the the easiest thing for you guys would be just eventually buy like a U-Haul trailer or a mini trailer, have everything stored in there, ready to go. You hook it up and you go. Is that uh, is that how you guys do it now, or is everything shoved in, you know, car, trunk, and up to the top of the ceiling right now? We have to be pretty selective. Yeah. We drive a yeah. little Scion XB. And, Greg is uh, a, fold an the back expert at down. car Jenga. Car Jenga. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I have to do it. Dana can't do it. I have my plan. I'm not, yes. Which I'm fine with. I'm good with that. Fantastic. So, all right, that, that just reminded me of, of, of the one of the questions I couldn't wait to ask you guys. Bring us inside the story on one of your many travels and many journeys that you share with us on Facebook where it wasn't had nothing to do with an actual haunting. It was actually kind of like a wrong turn movie uh, where, oh, like, God. where like the Backwoods folks almost just decided to end it all for you. We were on our way back from Maine, and we it was the middle of the night. It was like 3 o'clock. We were driving through uh, uh, Western Maryland, and we're getting ready to pop into West Virginia. And I stopped at a gas station to get some gas. And this guy starts to strike up a conversation with me because he saw my honk if you listen to Art Bell bumper sticker. Ah, uh-huh, fantastic. Yeah. And so we started talking about Coast to Coast and our favorite episodes. And then he saw some of the other stickers and he goes, so what are you, are you like a paranormal investigator? And I said, yeah, something like that. And so he said, you know, right over here in Friendsville, there's this red-eyed monster that everybody sees. And it hangs out by this cemetery. And, and I was like, give me the address. Let me go. And just kind of to give Dana's people like, an yeah. idea, usually when we're traveling, we find the coolest sort of paranormal hidden gems just by talking to people in small towns. Sure. So it's not right. totally out of the question. Yeah. Like, a lot of the times people will give us these great ideas of places to go. When we go there, we're like, oh, no one's ever been here. It's definitely like a local thing. So, so we love it when people give us advice, usually. Was this guy, uh, <laughs> was he just a local or was he an employee there? Uh, no, he was getting gas. Okay. That's what it looked like. Uh, I don't know if that's the case after what happened next. Continue. We, we were driving through Reister Sand, or not Reister Sand, we were driving through Friendsville, and we were, uh, it was kind of off the main drag, really quiet, sleepy town, and we're looking for this cemetery, creeping real slow along this two-lane road, and then all of a sudden, I see headlights in my rearview mirror, and then hear, bang, crunch. And I thought, oh my God, I just got into a car accident. Got out, and there's this big boat of a car behind us, and they had slammed into the bumper. Oh, boy. <laughs> Didn't do a ton of damage. Like, it's it, pretty much cosmetic, and it's, you know, it's the bumper. So I breathed a sigh of relief, and then I saw the people in the car. The back seat had two dudes who looked kind of almost like twins. They oh definitely looked like they had these 70s haircuts, uh, really outdated clothes. The woman in the passenger seat kind of looked like Tammy Faye. She was all made up. <laughs> Makeup looked like it was shot on her with a shotgun. <laughs> and then the dude driving the car got out. And this guy was terrifying to a degree I can't even explain. Oh, boy. <laughs> he, he looked like an old, like, snake-handling preacher. He had a bolo tie on, really slender, looked kind of like Harry Dean Stanton. He had this massive bruise on the side of his face, wow. and his eye was all red, as if it was bruised too. <laughs> and he was—he he seemed very nice. He was really concerned, and he kept insisting that we exchange information. I said, "Listen, man, if you're fine, I'm fine. It's not a big deal." But he insisted, so I went and I got in the car. While well, he went back to his car, and I reached into the glove box, and I'm telling Dana what's going on. And all of a sudden, I hear the object in the back of the car start to rattle violently. Of your car. Dana and I poked our heads up, and we looked behind to see what it was. And as we looked, I saw he had popped his trunk, and the dudes in the back seat had started to get out of the car. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, my God. And so I just put the pedal to the metal and drove that Scion faster than it's ever driven before (laughs) (laughs) for, like, 40 minutes. Did they follow? And, And... 
Uh, they didn't follow. We we like man, I blew as fast as I possibly could. <laughs> wow. And uh, if we hadn't looked behind at, at those things rattling, we wouldn't have known. And for all we know, that guy could have been getting a shotgun. Because I mean, who keeps oh, yeah. their insurance mm-hmm. paperwork in their trunk? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what do you? Th- I mean, what was the? You don't know what the rattling was then. That just it's. But that's what caught your attention. I, I want to say I I wasn't paying as close enough attention as I as I could have been. <laughs> well, I was a little distracted, but I think a little distracted maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so Dana, what are you thinking as he's like kind of probably whispering out of the corner of his mouth as he's reaching for the paperwork out of the glove box? What are you thinking as he's telling you this? Processing everything. First of all, I was like, okay, we we are now in an episode of True Detective. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, <laughs> it was just sort of like that fight or flight reflex sort of kicked in and i was like we need to get out of here it was just and then after that i thought how pissed would these guys have been if they had like robbed us of a car full of haunted (laughs) 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 oh man you seriously though greg you 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 described you just totally made me envision a scene out of a rob zombie movie mm-hmm. you know yes. that's yeah. kind of what it was like yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> wow that is crazy mm-hmm. and, and and even here's the big question how fast does a scion go <laughs> uh, it, it, it looks like it tops out around 75 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it was fast enough to get away from uh, from those folks. That's that's the good news. <laughs> well, nothing like impending death and anal rape to kick up the adrenaline a little bit. So. <laughs> Oh, hope, hope you had a good oil change know, before that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not find out. Oh, man. <laughs> Greg and Dana Newkirk are our guests inside the creaking door for this episode. And always, uh, you never know what uh, what the stories are going to be when we have uh, these two inside with us. So uh, always a good time. So what is on the horizon now? I know you said 2017's a big year. Uh, are you already filling up? Is your schedule filling up for talks and, and stuff like that for 2017 oh gosh we're running out of spaces wow that's a good mm-hmm. problem that's a it's great good. problem good for you it's guys good. we've got uh the 24th will be on paranormal lockdown oh, oh cool. great very good on tlc so that'll be yep. a good one and uh mm-hmm. that one i think we've done some stuff they never did on that show before so be looking forward to that yeah um and uh yeah what do you? Uh, what, do, what do you? What do, what do the families think about what you guys do as a married couple? Uh, <laughs> like, what's the discussion? I think our at? families probably have pretty different opinions. <laughs> my, my family are Baptist ministers. Oh, okay. Yes. And uh, I was actually supposed to be a Baptist minister. Take up the take up the lineage. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if they're terribly interested in what I do. <laughs> they don't ask much? Is that My what you're parents, saying? Well, they just came to visit, actually. Oh. And they were supposed to stay here. And when they saw all the stuff in the house, they said, we're just going to go to a Motel 6. Oh, fantastic. How, how about you, Dana? I, I come from a little bit more of a New Agey background. <laughs> Pretty much all my family are new age nerds so awesome. they love it that's great <laughs> have the two families ever come together not oh. yet <laughs> not, not yet that's one you need to have the internet cameras going for when it exactly. happens all right screw the, mu- exactly. screw the museum let's yeah. see this i want to see i want to see southern baptists and new ages come together that's a that's a that's a reality <laughs> show right there that's what you guys should be pitching oh god i would watch that show yeah, yeah. i would too who wouldn't i would too but i did take note that's how you keep the in-laws out of the house. Put haunted items in it. Okay. Could there work. you go. Got to remember that. Could work. <laughs> Works like a charm. No, did I hear you guys were working on a book that might be coming up soon, too? We are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're, we're hoping that it was going to be out next month, but too much stuff has happened, so it's probably going to be out in April. But it's called Possessions, and it's uh, more detailed histories on all of the items. We've probably got about 20 items we're writing about for this. Nice. Fun. Nice, and nice, nice. Uh, that should be at probably April. So obviously then uh, people who are listening who are going to be with us at uh, Michigan Paracon can get copies then, I'm assuming, if not before. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, Greg and Dana, you guys, thank you so much, as always, for coming in. I, I know you've got multiple websites out there. Weird HQ, Week in Weird, Planet Weird. Are there any that you're kind of letting go by the wayside? Direct us to the websites where people can find out most about you. Uh, funny enough, we've been updating all of them. Good lordy. <laughs> A lot lately. I remember I was just talking our, to our Brad. central hub. What's that? Our central hub is, is weirdhq.com. Okay. All right. Everything kind of branches out from there. Well, I'm, I'm impressed you can keep all of those going because I was just telling Brad before we got you guys uh, on the studio line here. I'm like, you know what? They've got so many websites. They're so busy now. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them, they're at least letting go by the wayside. But obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> We're you, doing our best. And you guys do such a great job keeping the fans involved with social media. Absolutely. And all. If they want to join the museum, and I do encourage people to do this, where do they go for the forms, the file? Where, where do you direct people to for the museum membership now? If people are curious about joining the museum, they want to see what all the funds go to and what they get in return, uh, they should go to patreon.com slash paramuseum. Okay. And uh, that's got a little video there that describes everything and uh, it's, it's, it's fun. I think people will be really into it. Excellent. Uh, we are wishing you guys the best of luck with that and we're encouraging everyone to follow you guys on social media again as brad had said that's what makes it so much fun to follow you guys on social media because you bring everyone on your adventures with you so greg and dana keep up the great work you guys you are rocking it out there in the paranormal world and we look forward to seeing you guys in august back up here in northern michigan all right thank Thanks. you so much for having yeah. us guys all right there we go greg and dana newkirk they are the owners of the traveling museum of the paranormal and occult we're going to take a break when we come back more on the way this is creaking door paranormal radio powered by SlackJawPunks.com. Guys, tired of trying to make that burly beard of yours look and smell good? Then check this out. Straight out of the Motor City, where they know a thing or two about being tough, comes Detroit Beard Collective, specializing in making that facial hair look good with products like beard butter, beard oils and soaps, specialty combs, and so much more. Come check out the line today at DetroitBeardCollective.com. DBC takes pride in using Detroit and Michigan-based companies and ingredients in all aspects of their product development and manufacturing as they continue to build Detroit's premier grooming company. Even burly dudes like to look and smell good, and DBC will make that happen. Do yourself and your badass beard a favor and log on to DetroitBeardCollective.com and check out all the amazing products they offer. And when you're ready to check out, use promo code SJPDBC to receive 10% off Detroit Beard Collective. Cleaning this world up one beard at a time. Welcome back inside Creaking Door Paranormal Radio. Tim Ellis and Brad Vallejo with you. And uh, once again, want to thank uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk for coming on in. They're Always so much, a blast. They're so much fun. And if you yeah. ever get the chance to meet them in person, they're exactly that way. They are. That's what's so, so great about they're, them. They're real. They're, yeah. they're real people in the, in the paranormal. And you talk about putting work into this field. I was just going to say, could be a couple of the hardest uh, working people that I've met because they're, 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 it's like the ground roots uh, campaign. They're, it is. They're just out there traveling everywhere. And it makes it easy because when you're husband wife, <laughs> you don't have one yelling at you because you're always right. gone to conferences. They're together. Exactly. You know, so they make it work. And that's what's so cool about them. Very nice people, though. Very. If you get the chance, by all means, go go and see them, meet them. If they're set yeah. up anywhere in your area, we've got them coming up for Michigan Paracon. Very excited. Uh, they've got a lot going on. And I mm-hmm. believe there's a few other events we're going to be working with them this year, too. So always yeah. fun. Always a good time. Time and uh, so again, thanks to uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk for coming on inside the creaking door. And again, check them out uh, at their main website, Weird HQ. I'm looking forward to their book. Yeah, me too. I really am. We get sent so many books from different people, Mm -hmm. just with the show and all. But man, they've got some really cool stuff that's been dug up and sent to them, and the stories behind it. It, It's it's amazing. It's more than they can fit into a presentation on stage. So Uh, yeah, very much looking forward to that coming out in a couple. 
couple months here. And I'm hoping, and I'm guessing they will, that their writing style will be a lot like why Jeff Belanger is one of yours and my favorite author, because he has such a great sense of humor with a very serious topic. Right. And I could see these two being the same way. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I, I think it will be. All right, time for uh, our segment now on the show that we call Mailbag, where we allow our listeners to reach out to us with any questions, concerns, share a recipe with us. We love it. Hate, uh, hate mail? Hate mail. <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. Uh, you can send it to us directly on our Facebook page. Just find us, Creaking Door Paranormal Radio, uh, on our Facebook page. We're the only one out there. That's right. We're on Twitter now, too. We're, yes. We're, we're Twittering. We tweet. Tweetering. We tweet. Uh, we still don't know what we're doing, but we're tweeting away. Yes, we are. <laughs> Make sure you go there and follow us on Twitter and, of course, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, been a lot of fun, and, and we love interacting with everybody. We really do, uh, because if uh, you weren't out there listening and hanging out with us and taking our podcast along with you, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So we do appreciate it. And that's why we love sharing Mailbag with you. It is a chance for you to uh, reach out to us on the show. And we wanted to uh, thank Stephanie and, boy, oh, boy, God bless our Polish friends. I'm sure this is a Polish last name, Gorjetski, I think it is. Stephanie Gorjetski out of uh, Masillan, Ohio. Never been there. Not sure where it is. Me either, but I know it's a real place. I looked it up online <laughs> to make sure. Uh, Massillon, Ohio. Stephanie Gorjetsky. She says, uh, and it's a great great message, by the way. Just looking forward to sharing this one. She says, found your guys' show about two years ago after my cousin told me about it, and I have to say I love it. He and I fight over who are the biggest fans. I look forward <laughs> I look forward to seeing your posts on your Facebook page. I, I thought Tim and I fought over who the biggest <laughs> fan was. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess we got competition now. Uh, I look forward to seeing your posts on your Facebook page that a new show is ready. I nerd out over the show. Laugh out loud. I plan on attending my first MI Paracon this year. Very cool. Yes. After hearing about it on your Creaking Door show. And just wanted to ask a few questions about your event. She's got three of them here. Okay. One, how did you start the Michigan Paracon? Two, (laughs) do you have a favorite year after all of them that you've done so far? And three, do you have a favorite person that you have brought to Michigan Paracon? We'll go back. I want to finish her letter here first, but we'll sure. go back to that. She says, okay, enough questions for now. Keep up the great work. I'm a Creaking Door fan. Stephanie. Then she says, P.S., and I love this part, and I think we got to, I think we got to coin this one, Brad. T-shirts, I'm seeing it. She says, I think my cousin and I may have started your first fan club. We call ourselves Creakers. That's what all your fans <laughs> should call themselves, Creakers. I love it. Yeah. I like yep. it. Yeah. All right. Both of you can call yourself Creakers. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely. awesome. That's awesome. I like it. So Thank uh, you, our Stephanie. first two that's, fans, Creakers. Yeah, much <laughs> much too kind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's uh, take one was, at a what time. What was number one? How number one. How did it. you start the Michigan Paracon? Oh, God. We didn't uh, know any better. Yeah. That was probably the easiest answer. <laughs> Drunk and we needed the money. No. Um, the, the first part was true. Drunk? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we actually share this story quite a bit when Brad and I do our lecture series as well. Um, it was a matter of Brad and I used to travel. Uh, to wherever we could find these conferences. Right. Uh, we would fly and drive and go to wherever we had to just because we wanted to learn. We've been junkies of the field since we were kids. And, and, and prior to the big television explosion, they were hard to find. They were. There, there were few and far between where, where you could logically put on one of these presentations that people would travel within the area. And, mm-hmm. and when the TV thing exploded, even back then, it, it was kind of new. So, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we, we did fly to a couple of different presentations, conferences and things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we always said, man, this would be great to have back in our area. Yep. Yep. We always uh, felt if we made it, we know we live kind of out of the, the way a little bit uh, up here in the UP of Michigan. But we felt if we made the event big enough uh, that it would attract the people. If you build right. it, they will come, we believe. And, and we were lucky enough that when we started throwing things out there, uh, people at Kuwaitan Casino here in Sault Ste. Marie mm-hmm. were kind enough to take a risk. Yeah. And, and it was a very big risk that first year. It really was. They had done nothing like it. We had never ran one ourselves. Right. And uh, so we all jumped in this together. And, well, here we are nine years later getting ready to put on our eighth annual. So mm-hmm. we're very excited, very happy. And that's how it started for us. Right. Okay. Good question. On to number two. Do you have a favorite year after all that you have done so far? It's, it's always the last yeah. year. It's always yeah. the last year. Yeah. It, it just keeps getting better and better. And you meet new people. 
and I we we've never had anything that's gone majorly wrong. No, no, so, so far, <laughs> knock on wood. I think we just cursed ourselves. Yeah, but, probably. Um, now, now at this one, the new Kirk stuff's going to come alive and yeah. start screwing with the. We we actually have had a couple experiences where. People have been up talking on strange things, and we've had issues with the electric and the lights. Oh, and, uh, oh. it's happened with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, I think, twice now. Yeah, there's so. oh, the, the stuff that happens behind the scenes. We had that one family who sent us that letter. Um, I think it was year one or two. Uh, it was a mother, her mother. Right. Oh, a, wow. Yes. Yeah, it was I a grandmother, that. mother, and a daughter. So there, there were three generations who came. And Friday night, they said they were woken up. By that all three of them saw this emaciated figure walk into their room, stand at the foot of the bed, and then just sit there and stare at him until it dissolved. And they said they grabbed their luggage that night and left. They did not even stick around for all day Saturday with us. And then come to find out, uh, after we did a little more research, we found out that they were staying on the haunted floor of the hotel. So, uh, you know, we've had some amazing things happen throughout the years. We've loved it. Yeah, I don't know that I could pick a favorite year either. I do. I will always remember, though, that feeling, that adrenaline, that oh my god we did it feeling after year one there will always be something obviously special about year one one was yeah yeah just once we had it behind us and we were so nervous and so excited my god yeah yeah. no that one one was amazing we had uh all three of the ghost adventure guys here yeah we we had a great lineup what we thought was a a full weekend which we've found (laughs) yeah Yeah, well back then it was just a couple presenters on friday night and then all day saturday for year one and it's obviously continues to grow so all right great question what was the third third one do you have a favorite person that you have brought to michigan paracon boy that's (laughs) well (laughs) we could get in trouble on this one yeah it's tough because again brad and i prior to uh with this idea for paracon we were just we're we're, and we still are we're fans of the field we love the work with the we have a lot of favorite authors out there. Um, you know, right. John Zaffis was one of our favorites from before he even got Haunted Collector. Right. We, we followed John years ago. And, and John's definitely one of the favorites. He's the only one that's been here every, every year. Yeah, that, he's kind of held been. that title now. Where mm-hmm. To the point now, I don't know that we could ever not invite him because I think he would kick our ass. So. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. But, no, there's so many wonderful people in this field, and you don't get the real feel for who they are by watching television shows. Not even close. And, and when you get to work with some of these people hands-on and and work with them at different events and presentations like ours you really get a lot more respect i think for the field and for the people overall so Mm -hmm. just to put it down to one person i I don't do it i couldn't do it no no no. No. and you know and for most of them that have come here uh, you know we end up forming some type of relationship with them in one way or the other <laughs> good bad or indifferent <laughs> exactly, but yeah, yeah yeah so it, it really has been a, it's it's a labor of love mm-hmm. uh, a, lo- a ton of hours have been put into it over the years but it's something we love to do yep and of course that's coming up in august yep. 24th through 26th right now we're looking at doing a, a couple of presentations on thursday night we've got uh master illusionist aiden sinclair is yes. coming back and he will be uh presenting thursday and friday night this year and that's just wow one one of the things it's it's going to be great if you haven't checked it out yet go to miparacon.com you can get more detailed at suestmarie.com but miparacon will bump you over to that as yes. well yeah. uh, one of the other shows we've got coming up that I'm excited about this year too is the Chicago Ghost Conference yeah we're very excited to be uh, with uh, Ursula Bielski as a matter of mm-hmm. fact her conference was one of the ones that we it was one of our inspirations yes, so to speak it really was and uh, miparacon and we've had Ursula here as a speaker. She's an amazing historical researcher of the city of Chicago and the wonderful haunts of that city. And now we're honored and uh, excited to have been asked by Ursula to speak at uh, Chicago Ghost Conference again, October 13th through the 15th. So uh, we hope, uh, you know, some of the listeners can, if you can't make it up to Michigan, but you're down in that area, we'd love to see you down in Chicago. Absolutely. So, yeah. And we, we've got other events that we're working on right now yep. that I was hoping we'd be able to announce another one or two tonight, but we're still kind of in... Uh, in a holding pattern on yeah. a few so just just keep your eyes on our on our facebook page mm-hmm. our twitter page and of course right here on creaking door paranormal radio absolutely well that's going to do it for another episode thank you so much for coming on inside the creaking door and on behalf of our producers brad blair and myself tim ellis this has been creaking door paranormal radio powered by slackjawpunks.com the creaking door 